Pumi, congratulations on your film being announced as official South African international feature film submission for the 2023 Oscars. What was your reaction when you first found out? Um, nothing really. I know it sounds weird. I was just I was running, <laughs> and I got a call uh, from the producer saying, "Hey, we, we've been." It's official because, like, we knew that it was getting submitted, you know. But when she was like, "It's official, we're selected," I was like, "Oh, okay, great." And instead of doing five k, I think I did ten, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, God, what's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think I'm still kind of like it's still trying to sink in. But yeah, no, I haven't. It's so crazy because I thought I was gonna have this moment of like, ah, oh, scream, cry, mm. whatever, but. Yeah, it hasn't sunk in yet. That's insane. Well, I definitely gave you an energy boost, it sounds. <laughs> no, it did. It did. Like, I I hope someone can call me every week and say, hey, we just got nominated for this, and I constantly do these extra 5Ks, you know? <laughs> well, what's also really cool is that this is the first time that a documentary has been selected for international feature film submission since 1989. I mean, that's ages. Sure. Yeah, before I was even born, I think. Um, yeah, it's 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 really humbling, actually, um, that this story it's been selected, and I mean for the first time, documentary. So yeah, I guess it's also quite a lot of pressure um, because I mean we're looking yesterday with Carolyn, uh, the films that we're up against, you know, from foreign countries. It's quite a lot of uh, features. I think we are the only documentary. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. So yeah, it's really humbling and it's, it's such an honor. You know. And you you directed music is my life. How did the documentary come about? I know it took about five years to actually put together? Um, I come from TV commercials background and advertising. So for the longest of time, I just felt like there was a very minimal reflection of these amazing, beautiful, genius black men being presented into the screen, you know? Um, and when I just got a bit fatigued with uh, directing commercials and also flipping uh, in advertising as a strategist, I felt like, yo, I just wanted to tell a story. I just wanted to tell a story of like a black man that I could reflect to and years later I can look at and be like, wow, that's who I am or that's who I want to be. And it happened uh, that at a time I took my son to go and watch uh, the they, they had a musical at uh, Joe Big Theater. And when we're leaving, my son, who was like five at the time, was like, Dad, you should do, you should make a movie about these guys. And yeah, that just sparked something. And I then met up with Carolyn and we're talking about projects. And she was like, uh, then I was telling her about the documentary and it happened that she also was like very interested in telling that story. And then, yeah, I started pursuing that. And I mean, their music has always been some sort of a backdrop at my home. You know, my dad used to play that. My mom used to play that in the community. Their music was there. So when I started doing a bit of research, then there was no way. There was no turning back. I just wanted to tell this man's story. That's amazing. And it is truly incredible to see um, Dr. Joseph Shabalala and Lady Smith Black Bambazo's journey despite apartheid and the fact that they 
the band continues to create this amazing music that appeals to people of all ages and cultures. I just think that's absolutely incredible. So I love that you've made a documentary about them and that they meant so much to you as well. Yeah, I mean, you you just look at what they've created, you know, over the years. It's just uncomprehendable. I mean, first guys to to win a Grammy, and then years later, your Zakes, your Black Coffees win first band to fill up Madison Garden Square before we even knew of Madison Garden <laughs> Square, you know. I mean, Spongsen was telling me that his first performance uh, when he joined the band, they were performing at Madison Garden Square. And I mean, years later, because of social media and everything, Black Coffee fills that up and we're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Mm. They've done these things 20 years ago. You know, they filled up stadiums 20 years ago. They've done such amazing things. I mean, Bob Shabalala worked with the likes of Michael Jackson's, your Paul Simons, your Stevie Wonders. I mean, unbelievable you know people that you look at and the caliber of the work that they've created the world it just bows down to and I just felt like as South Africans we didn't know that about him you know we didn't know this level of genius that wherever you are in the world people go oh my goodness what a man what a genius you know his compositions till to this day people are still deciphering because of just the way he wrote and he didn't even have that major form education but he was highly educated by himself he self-educated himself you know and so i felt we really needed to show that you know i mean his the odds were so against him when you think about it you know he came from the rural landscapes of lady smith uh his family were kicked out of the farm and at a very young age, he had to go and work in the mines in Durban, but he never lost the dream of doing this music, you know, and it was music that was not popular at the mm-hmm. time. It was not like jazz. It was not music that was regarded as cool. Actually, it was music that was looked down upon, but he literally believed in this music. He believed in this thing, you know, and you know, I just look at his story and I just think, my goodness me, like that level of believing in something that nobody else can see. It's just amazing. And then years later, he's created this work and this music that will forever live. So, yeah, there was no way that I just felt like his story needed to to be shared to the world. And that's why I'm so glad that it's even getting uh, selected for to be representing South Africa at the Oscars, you know? Absolutely. You actually spent time with Dr. Joseph Shabalala before he passed away. What was he like? Yo, um, it completely changed my life, actually. I know it sounds very cliched or like whatever, but um, very, very spiritually connected to himself. You know, I spent, I think, four years with him and three of those where his health was very, very, very um, not in a good condition. But I mean, he just sang, you know, he, he, he loved music so much. You could, even when he was sleeping, you could see his lips were moving as if like he's singing. I mean, I know this sounds like crazy, but he loved music and he believed that it was a gift that was not uh, from him, you know, the beyond, whether you look at it, whether you call it ancestors, angels, or the other, 
universe was just giving him this message to sing you know and the the for me one of the most amazing moments uh we drove with him from ladysmith towards drunkensburg and he was sitting at the back with his wife and he was just singing they were singing their way of communication was singing now because he couldn't talk anymore you know sure. and it was so beautiful so magical i mean we looked around each other myself the cinematographer i think the producer was there as well and we were just crying because it was like like very beautiful but because of his health at the time i chose not to put it into the film because it just mm-hmm. felt like it was not okay you know that's that's beautiful thank you for sharing that um, why did you decide to have the film narrated in the first person? I'm sure people are like, how? Oh. So what happened is I was like almost done with the structure of the film, like literally done, uh, which was like probably treatment number 20, you know, because they kept on just changing and changing every time I would be interacting with them. So anyway, Mam Shabalala, one day I go down to Lady Smith. She calls me. She's like, yo, you, you got to come to this room and just see some material if you want to use. And I like I get into the room. There's something like 8,000 audio tapes of Bab Shabalala, just like unheard, unreleased music, voice, audio, like literally 8,000 mini audio digital tapes of him just talking to himself, singing. And I'm like, oh my goodness me. So what you got to understand is at that time, the treatment was closed. I was closed with the structure of how I want to do it, right? So I then had to listen to almost 8,000 audio tapes. I don't know how many hours is that in months, you know, for listening to those tapes. It was crazy. And by some weird, I don't even know what, I think I was like 100 and I was just getting so tired. And I picked up these two audio tapes and it happened to be him telling how Lady Smith Black Mambazo started. Just like, like very weirdly, I picked up those two and it was interviews of him telling um, some British or German uh, station how Lady Smith Black Mambazo started. So then we started editing that to make sure that it narrates the story. Wow, that's amazing. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, it was literally amazing. Yeah, and so many stars also feature in the documentary, including uh, Paul Simon, Dolly Parton, Whoopi Goldberg, just to name a few. How did you get all these huge celebrities on board? I think it, it, it's just the level of the man that he, he was. You know, um, once you picked up a call and you reached out to any of these people, they were just like, yeah, we're here. Here we're here. You know, here we're here. And we want to do it. I mean, Dolly, we called Dolly and she just literally jumped on a call. And it was during COVID. I was meant to fly to... Um, what is it, not Kansas City, Um, I forgot, in the States to go and interview her. And because of COVID, I couldn't. And she was like, okay, cool. There's a crew I work with here. Uh, Here are their numbers. The management helped us. We interviewed her like remotely and that was done as simple as that so people were just willing to 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 jump on board because they that's how they respected him that's how they respected Ubab Shabala sure and I know Music Is My Life showed on SABC at a stage and it was on the festival circuit as well do you know where the public will be able to watch it going forward 
Uh, it's going to come back to cinema. Um, we're gonna, it's going to come back to cinema after the whole Oscar round. And there's a possibility of one of the streaming services buying it um, just in early negotiation stages. So once that happens, we'll be able to, to let the public know. Do quite a lot of uh, pop-ups, um, community uh, screenings, uh, school screenings, and all of that. Because it's just, it's a heritage story that we feel like people need and deserve to see. A hundred percent. We'll look out for it for sure. And the official nominations for the 96th Academy Awards will be announced on the 23rd of January next year. So Mpumi, we're holding thumbs for you and wishing you the best of luck. Please hold them till they break. You know, <laughs> well, I'm joking. Till they break, but yeah, please. <laughs> For sure. Oh, but genuinely all the best. It was, I really enjoyed the documentary and I, I feel very good about it. I feel very good about it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Catch up from some of the best moments from the 5 Drive team by going to 5FM's Catch Up page on the 5FM app or 5